Welcome everybody to this podcast on how to make work lifestyle balance work for you. I'm joined today really fortunately with Emily Khan, our Beyond Brexit lead. She joins us today and will share with us her My Promise social media campaign. I'm equally joined by Annie Ross, a freelance journalist, mentor, consultant and organises outdoor challenges that bring people together through her businesses, Exerc and Team 52. So, Emily, can I ask you, I've just mentioned um, my Promise social media campaign. Yeah. How did that come about and, and share with the listeners what it means to you? Absolutely. Thank you, Susie. And thank you for having me here today. Um, so my promise came about uh, from a moment that I had last November where I told a, a partner here at the firm that I had a red line on a Friday. And I mean, you heard my job title there at the beginning, Annie, so you understand perhaps where I got the term red line from working on Brexit every day. And quite by surprise, he said, that's fine. I'll call the client and I'll ask for another time. And it completely blew me away. So social media users, I tweeted about it and said, you know, this was a refreshing experience with a little photo of my son that is my red line that I have on a Friday. And Twitter went mad, completely took me by surprise. I had, I think, 350 likes in the first hour, loads of comments, loads of people retweeting it saying, gosh, this is really refreshing. If only we could all do and say things like this and it'd be so positively received. And that got me thinking that actually I felt quite comfortable saying that because I have an agreed flexible working pattern here at PwC that means I'm allowed to. But a lot of people might not feel so comfortable saying this thing, this moment in my week is really important to me and I'd like to protect it. Can we can we do this another time? So we came up with the idea of my promise campaign. Um, which was basically encouraging people to make a public promise about something that's important to them, and it could be anything, and share it with their colleagues, share it on social media, and say, this is something I want to do for myself this year. We did it as sort of New Year's resolution, and for us all to respect and support each other in upholding those promises. Um, I think it's been a really important shift, certainly within my own team, in the conversation that we have about priorities. So, you know, for example, as a young Congolese man in my team um, who is really passionate about his local community. So he's experienced knife crime, his brothers, he's lost friends to knife crime. So he commits time every week to supporting young black men in his community um, in reaching for opportunities and following different paths. I didn't know that about him before my promise. That all came out. So now when he says on a Thursday, you know, I've got to be leaving at this time. There's no question. I know why he needs to be leaving at that time. And it's an absolute priority for us as a team. Um, and it's been really brilliant in that way. And I've seen that replicated in teams around the firm. Fantastic. And, and do you still keep your own promise? Absolutely. So for me, three o'clock on Fridays, I collect my son from school. That's my promise to myself. Um, and actually, it's really interesting you say that, Susie. Just as I was on my way here today, I got a notification on LinkedIn from a partner in the firm saying, Emily Khan, I've not forgotten my promise. I'm doing it today. So it, it lives on. It's really good. No, and mine was to walk my dog at different times of the day and, and not be bound to going to meetings. And actually, I have kept that every day, apart from one when I was too far away to walk him. Okay. Um, Anna, you, you probably think we're all mad, but 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 it, but equally, you know, um, in terms of our, our work lifestyle balance. 
but equally, I know you've done a lot of work with um, workers working out how they can be more active, because actually being active can definitively help you work lifestyle yeah. balance. I think it's a really nice area to start testing your, your, your kind of self-control and a little bit of commitment to yourself as well. So I come from a banking background and while I was in banking, started getting a little bit frustrated with the hours that I felt chained to my desk, hours and hours. And it wasn't often because I needed to be there, it's because I thought, oh, the client might call or what will my colleagues think and all this stuff. And I count myself as a very efficient worker who said no to an M&A career because I just thought they're not efficient enough for my liking. <laughs> so I went into a different area of banking. So I've always have been very obsessed with this element of managing your own time. Um, and the active side of things came because I have quite a lot of energy. And I was squeezing exercise in either end of my day, and that was actually adding stress to my life because I had stress about when I was going to tie my work up to reach, to get to that yoga class. And I was like, this isn't the way it's meant to be. This is my headspace, my mental health kind of breather in the day. So I thought I've got to set something that really frameworks how it's going to work and I'm going to share it. So very similar to my promise. I, was, I saw there was something here and I wanted to get busy people active was like my mission on this. And I set myself a challenge in 2015 alongside a banking career going for promotion to do 52 sporting challenges in 52 weeks. So every single weekend, there were weekends, there were a few weekday ones, because I had weddings some weekends, so I had to, and there it was a commitment of being like, guys, I'm taking 32 people rollerblading in Kensington Gardens, renting all of them rollerblades, can I, like, is it okay if I leave at 5.30? But I didn't ask them at five that day. I told them about it three days before and started, it, by the time I left the office, it was inevitable that it was happening. So that communication was something I learned of being proud of what I was doing as opposed to shameful that I was managing my time efficiently. Absolutely. To be able to get there. Same experience with my promise. Once we kind of broke the taboo around it and legitimised people saying this thing's really important to me, there was a real sense of celebration and fun and, and camaraderie around keeping your promise and kind of challenging each other on whether or not you've kept them. Yeah, in a very collaborative way, right? So there's nothing competitive. It's all very supportive. And you mentioned yeah. that word and even you both asking and checking in with each other and sharing on LinkedIn makes it a, a team spirit inspired event, which... I'm a little bit, that's, my, that's one of my jobs now. So, um, yeah, I love it. Yeah, and, and I think it's quite interesting because, you know, we, we use the word, they use the words work lifestyle balance and actually it means something different to everybody so what might suit me might definitively not suit someone else so when I love dog walking and and actually now in meetings I walk between the meetings so I've hiked from Baker Street here because I can get my 20,000 steps <laughs> over I have to do but I think how do you help people work out what it is that's going to work for them and that, that they don't feel like they have to go with the crowd that they can be individuals um, so one thing I recommend is setting aside some time on a Saturday morning, going somewhere completely different, so you're in a different mindset, and taking stock of exactly how you spend your time. So kind of an inventory of your week-to-week -week activity and where you, you know, how long you spend commuting, how long you spend in the gym. Maybe you could combine the two, so an active commute, you then save some time and you're moving. All that kind of stuff that you kind of win back time by realising perhaps waste is the wrong word, but perhaps you're, you're spending time on things that are less important to you. So it's a bit of priority setting and guiding yourself towards essentialism. So an inventory in a new place on a Saturday morning is one of my top tips to get you to be creative about your work-life balance. I think in the workplace to reflect on that, there's something about talking about all of that stuff as well. So one of the really powerful effects that we've seen through My Promise is that people talk about it at work in ways that they didn't before. And there's a lovely example um, back in November when the deal was agreed between the EU and the UK and there was so much press activity and we had the opportunity for somebody to be, to be on the BBC. And the partner who runs the Brexit effort here said, it's parents' evening at six o'clock. I'm going to be at my son's school. 
somebody else is welcome to go, but I'm not going. And the whole room, the whole team there, nobody said anything, but they heard that. They heard him say, that's a priority for me. And I'm not going to do this thing that most people would leap at the opportunity to do because this is more important to me. And that legitimised them saying, actually, I need to be at this place at this time for this reason. And it creates a ripple effect. And that's all, I know this is a theme in, in a lot of the conversations you've had in these podcasts, Susie, about taboos and talking about things openly and creating a dialogue. And I think that's true of this, this area as well. And what else could we do to support employees? Because cause we're in this room because actually it's what we're comfortable with who we are and, and what, what's really important to us. You know, and you've talked about coaching, but, you know, there's 22,000 people in, within PwC and there's lots more walk up and down Villiers Street. What can we do to help them? I think that's a really good question and one that we haven't fully answered here. So, I mean, Susie, you'll know, maybe Annie, you've seen everyday flexibility is, is a policy that we have here at the firm. And it's been really promoted through our... Um, well-being campaigns and encouraging everybody to do more of this. I think there's definitely a role for leaders and I think many people would call you a role model, Susie, in this space of being authentic, talking about the things that you do and, and making a commitment that means others can do it. And that is true at all levels of the firm. So you don't have to be on the board to be a role model. You can be a role model just to the people that you work with, that are your peers, if, if you're prepared to be and to share the, the highs and the lows and the challenges and the successes of doing it. That's something that I know I've been trying to do in, in sales and marketing with, with colleagues there who are going through similar experiences. And it's, it's on all of us to create that environment. And trust, I think, comes into it quite a lot, both self-trust that you can deliver on your job and exceed in your job, which is what people who work in these firms aspire to do in, in general, maybe not all 20,000, um, but it's that trust in yourself that you'll deliver, even if you're given a bit of a, you know, the boundaries are taken away. Because it's quite hard when I left banking, not having any limits was actually a struggle I went through. Because I was like, well, I've got, I don't have to, you know, I don't have to do anything anymore. And it, I got a bit lost for probably a few months. I had to work quite hard on being like, I can do this. Like I can deliver on deliverables to my clients kind of thing. But it's, it's, a, it's a funny world and we, we will learn a lot in the next few years as more light is shone on this and more conversations are generated around all the different ways that we can express our well-being personal to ourselves. Mm. I think trust and having others trust in you as well is really important. So when I started in this role and I was just coming back from maternity leave, um, I contracted a flexible working pattern that was quite unusual at the time. So I am contracted to work between 10 and 3 in the office and then between 7 and 10 in the evening at home. And I did that deliberately to safeguard the school run time um, because I needed to, because I was first port of call to do that with my children. Nobody had done that before. Um, and I had a sponsor at the time that said, I believe you will deliver this job. You can have whatever you want, work it however you need to. I, I believe that you'll be able to get it done. Um, and that meant... I was confident enough to do the pilot. And then at the end of the pilot, when they asked some of my internal customers, you know, how's her work pattern working? All of them said, what work pattern? And that gave me the confidence that, do you know what, I can do it. And two years, well, two and a half years now on, I'm still working that work pattern that at the time nobody had done and I wasn't sure whether or not I could do. And that came down to a few key people placing their trust in me. And, and just out of interest, are there many more people followed or... Because it's probably a relatively well-kept secret, interestingly enough, because as you say, I, I just imagine you're here five days a week because yeah. you, you pop up on Twitter and you, I meet you in the building. And actually, I didn't know that you had those hours. Yeah. So I suspect it probably still is a well-kept secret. Well, I'm completely candid. Yeah. If you were to sneak into my diary, you would see big blocks of time where I've marked out my non-working hours. And I mark in my evenings. I'm available for calls and emails during this time. And I talk about it quite widely. People don't notice because I'm responsive and flexible. 
um, and engaged. And I think that's what flexibility is about. It's about being responsive and flexible and engaged. And it doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing um, and how you're doing it, as long as you are delivering, as you say, on the deliverables and the outcomes that you've committed to. Um, so Emily, that, that's really interesting. And actually, I think the key thing is to share and be very open about what we're doing, because I suspect lots of people don't know quite what each of, each of us is doing. Um, I, as I say, have had my own boundaries in terms of work lifestyle balance. And in the past, I think I probably assumed we were all similar and that because I wanted to get home at 6.30 at night and take my children to school having in the morning, that everyone would want to do the same. And I realised that with some of my youngsters and graduates that joined the firm, that their needs are quite different from mine. And therefore, I've had to think quite carefully and have open conversations with them to empower them to, to do what's right for them. What variety have you seen in your conversations? A lot, because I come across a lot of different variations of life and it's really refreshing. It took, I mean, I have a belief that, um, well, the importance of precedence is very important. So you can't see, you can't be what you can't see. So this is a brilliant case of hearing your stories of how you've made it work and showing that people can take a step back and reflect. Because I was thinking we were talking about what works personally for you, but it has to work for the team as well. Yeah. Yeah. And the 10 to 3 work call working hours is very, it's quite a popular startup. And then you choose where you put your other three hours in the day. And then again, that three hours, probably will slip into an extra five hours or something, whatever you need Sometimes. to bring the best yeah, self to work to deliver to the level you want to. So I, for example, every day I have zero routine anymore, um, which is lovely, but I've had oh. to work on it, as I said. Um, and it's, it, it's yours for the making, it's our life and the work-life balance. I am a big believer that it's not a balance, it's a blend. We've got to admit to ourselves that it's not one or the other anymore because our phones are with us the whole time. So it's about, I have a rule, one of my, my promises is when I'm done with my phone in the evening, it goes off, it turns off, and it could be at 7 p.m. You know what, if anyone messages me now, and like I can reply in the morning, they're not gonna be upset. And emails are the same, it could be 9 p.m., it could be midnight that I decide to do that. But it's just having that kind of recognition of where your life sits in, in the work, social, mental, physical, family, so many elements to it, it can be overwhelming, so you've got to take a deep breath and yeah I completely agree with that and I often say um, to myself and this is something I don't do very well all of the time just because I can work anywhere anytime doesn't mean I should work everywhere all the time and I have a tendency to do that and I have to work really hard at putting my phone away so that I'm concentrating on my children or occasionally my husband he gets a phone, <laughs> not very often <laughs> I think when we look at my promise and we were deliberately quite inclusive around that we made a real um, point of making it not about working mothers because it's actually as a working mother it's quite easy to say I need to go and pick my children mm. up now there's not really a taboo around that but as an, a working person you could have a priority about anything and we wanted people to be able to say it's really important to me that I exercise at lunchtime three days a week um, and that helps me to do my job better and helps my mental health and, and actually, it doesn't matter why. It's just important to me and I want to do it. Um, and we saw a real mixture of what people promised themselves as a result, which the example that I gave that I saw on LinkedIn was about carving out time to do wildlife photography. Um, that somebody, you know, I'm this year I'm going to promise to carve out time in my week, every week, to practice my wildlife photography. Which at the moment, I've got, I, I get into little fads and obsessions at the moment. I just read a few books on bees and I have a little obsessive bees. So every time I see a flower now, my little rule is if I see a flower, I'm stopping and I'm looking at that flower and I'm seeing if there are any bees around and then leaning a bit closer in to study them. Because if not, you can rush through life and, and never stop literally to watch the flowers grow or the yeah. bees buzz. Well, maybe that should case. be your promise, Annie. <laughs> well, it is. A, yeah. I, have, I have lots of little promises to myself because I, 
know what a curious person I am and I, let, I follow one of my principles, my personal values is to follow my curiosities because the find your passion stressed me out too much. So that's something that guides me. It's a guiding light and it has taken me on a very fun journey so far. No, and if you, one, of my, one of the things I also do much to my family's hate is I sit in front of country file every Sunday. I have seen I, that on Twitter. I, I absolutely <laughs> love it. I have to kick my husband out. And actually it was all about bees and I, and I learned a whole load last weekend all about bees, so they're so cool. I oh, know. Yeah. The, the ladies, the ones that can only collect the pollen with their sticky pads, which I hadn't realised. So I hadn't before these books. <laughs> but no, there's a, there's a lot out there, and I think there's some commonality. So even we just connected on outdoors, outdoors and nature. Like that's a commonality that if we all spent more time outdoors and away from the desk, that could be quite good. But we've got jobs to do. And and you know we've all found what works for us, and we, we've chatted a bit, but and we, we've talked about we have we have stuff on Twitter, and we you know we have a fantastic sort of Twitter family of people actually not just in PwC where you learn a lot about. But what is the one thing that the the people listening can think about that would help them be empowered to have a, a better work lifestyle balance? So for me personally, it would be about making that promise to yourself and doing it in in a way that legitimises you protecting it, but also that you can hold yourself accountable to. So make it something tangible, something measurable. Maybe it's a moment in time each week. Maybe it's a, it's a habit you want to adopt that you can monitor and measure over time so that it can just change the way you work, change habits. Um, that I think is key to driving personal change. And when more of us drive personal change, you drive a culture change. I love that. That's brilliant, Emily. Um, and for me, it it's, it's that. So it's the goal setting, but then it's taking it to the next level of knowing yourself. So being curious about where your self-awareness steps in. And for me, for example, I'm a handwriting monitor chart and also an external accountability person. So I need a bit of external things. So from taking it to committing to yourself, to letting other people know that you're doing this. And the hashtag my promise is a perfect way of doing that. Um, so I think don't keep it to yourself because when life gets busy, your commitment to yourself is the first thing to go. And if you have other people saying, I mean, for my challenge base, it was like, what are you doing next weekend? And I always had to have something to say because I committed to this thing. It very, you know, people were joining me on it. And that really helped keep me when I wavered, and I did waver, I'd be like, I don't know if I want to keep this going. <laughs> that kind of lifted my head up um, and kept me accountable to the world because Twitter is like that, isn't it? It is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, funny enough, I... I committed equally to, to someone who I couldn't help because I couldn't ring him every day. I, I committed to doing 365 um, days of um, little mottos on Twitter. And actually, I realise I'm almost at 365 days. Um, actually, I'm now thinking, what am I going to do now? It would be wrong to stop. But should I do another 365 days or should I do something different? So you're right. You have to keep challenging yourself as you get there. I think so. Fantastic. Well, I cannot believe where time has gone. Um, Emily and Annie, thank you so much for for sharing with us some of your tips on how we have helped ourselves um, on work lifestyle balance, but but the tips to help others actually find themselves and enjoy every moment. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to keep up to date with future episodes. Mm -hmm.